Welcome to the Millennial Recruiter Podcast, the podcast for forward-thinking recruiters that really want to add value to both their candidates and their clients to create a successful desk. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Ali Braid, the recruitment trainer. Ali's been working in the recruitment industry for almost 20 years, having built a successful desk and then working within uh, training functions over the last 10 years. Ali has trained so many top performing recruiters. And in this episode, we really look at what does it take to be a high performing recruiter? I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hey Ali, how's it going, you all right? Yeah, good, thanks, how are you doing? Very good, very good, very good. Good. Oh, I love the Batman. Makes <laughs> you feel empowered in the morning. Oh, I could do with one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny actually, um, I do a lot of speaking in the personal development world. Yeah. And part of my brand is I always wear superhero t-shirts when I deliver like any keynotes. Mm. So I've got loads of them. Like I've got about three Batman yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. I'm just going to check that I've plugged this in and the power is. <laughs> Ali, welcome to the Millennial Recruiter podcast. How are you doing? You all right? Thank you so much, but yeah, I'm really good. I'm really good. It's so nice to see your friendly, smiley face today. Oh, bless you, Ali. It's been, <laughs> it's, and it's been great having the conversation that, that we've had before this. I think it just shows like how passionate we both are about the recruitment industry. Yeah. Now, oh, definitely. Obviously, you've been in the industry quite a while now. I mean, what, what keeps you in the industry still? For me, I mean, it's going to sound a bit of a cliche, but it definitely the people, yeah. you know, I love the people and obviously a bit of a, an extrovert. Um, and, you know, I get to meet such great, great people. And that's, that's really, for me, a big part of it. And, but also I think in recruitment, actually there is quite a wide variety of people yeah. now. You know, it's not just one type. I think maybe 10, 15 years ago, yeah. that was slightly different. Um, but actually now, you know, I meet people with, you know, amazing backgrounds, um, you know, education-wise, job-wise, you know, people have got all these different experiences that they then come into this, you know, into this world that we live in. Um, and I think that's great, you know, and I think it's good for businesses to have... You know, there isn't just one type now. You could have you could have done anything before. You could have just finished university. You know, it doesn't matter. I think if you've got the raw kind of skills, then um, yeah, you know, that's that's a good thing. Definitely, definitely. I mean, we were talking about it before we started the recording of how the industry has changed. Like, what what's your yeah. viewpoints on how it's changed over the last fifteen years? Um. Well, I don't think we have to use a fax machine. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> and, and snail mail. I mean, I know, you know, you hear people saying it, but, you know, we used to have, you know, the stacks of CVs with our business card, you know, and after five, you know, you've got to do your mail. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess the technology, you know, yeah. that's the biggest that's the biggest thing but actually what I find interesting now as a trainer and I'm sure you see this Ben is that there's so much technology that can help us but I think it can also make you feel like you're achieving more than you actually are yeah. um you know so LinkedIn is always an example I give in training 
you know you can spend two hours in that can't you easily lost Definitely. And, and then you look back and you think okay if you're doing a search for example you think well I haven't found anyone <laughs> you know but I've read you know all these articles you know people getting crossed about something you know but I haven't found the right candidate so I think the technology is amazing that's been I think the biggest change really mm. but I think it's also you know as recruiters you just have to make sure you're still you are doing the right activity because actually the technology I think can be a bit distracting I, d I don't know what you think yeah definitely definitely I think there, there are lots of ways now to be successful compared to back in the day there was one way being on the phone a lot or like being in meetings a lot so technology does enable more people and I see lots of consultants doing things that maybe activity wise I wouldn't say oh that that looks amazing but they get the results from it yeah so I think there, there are more options but you're right is as a tool it can be very easy to get distracted from social media yeah yeah and I think it's great in you know in small chunks and if you're being really precise with yeah. what you want to do but you know but I'm guilty of it you know um, and especially with, with LinkedIn as, as the example I keep going to, but, um, you know, there's so much information out there and we want it, don't we? We want yeah. to absorb it, but I think, yeah, we just have to be conscious of how, how we're using those things really. Definitely. Definitely. Cause you can get lost down that black hole very easy of yeah. consuming content. And yeah. I think for me, one thing that I've always thought about is if I'm on LinkedIn, it's giving myself a time limit and understanding what specific task I'm doing. Because yeah. we, we, reaching out and connecting with people can, can work. Like I hired a, a trainee and one of the things he's great at is looking at all of these decision makers on LinkedIn and commenting on what they've got going on. And it's really mm -hmm. funny. It caused a bit of a discussion with the, the company he works for. He put a post out about while during this time while he's furloughed and said yeah. about people playing with him on PlayStation Network. Right. And he got raised and someone was talking about, oh, he's playing on PlayStation Network. And until someone t um, told his manager, he's actually playing Call of Duty with one of the biggest target clients in his marketplace quite frequently at the moment. Amazing. That's a good way to get around the, the furlough rules, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, I think that's brilliant. I love that. I love that. And actually, I think now, and I know we're going to talk about this, Ben, but, you know, just communicating with people. Yeah you know and using all those different ways that we've got i think that's brilliant yeah. i love that but it is funny like back in the day there just seemed to be that one core activity of hit the phones hard get meetings be in front of people and now lots lots of different things can work i mean what's been yeah. your sort of experience of that what activity does work for people i think i mean what you were saying there about that you know that particular consultant you know doing his online gaming I think really it can take any form yeah but I think ultimately it's just about making those connections okay. you know and doing it in a different way so absolutely you know when I was on the phone you know six hours a day every day um really that's all we had you know and, and emailing off, off you know CVs um and, and and putting them in the post but I think now it's you've you've got so many different ways of communicating with people and actually you can use all of them yeah. you know and just vary it vary it you know so you do a phone call you do an email you comment on linkedin you're doing twitter um but just use it all you know use it all because i think 
it keeps you at, at the front of people's minds, doesn't it? And and just being memorable. And as long as you're doing doing it in the right way, obviously, yeah. um, then yeah. So I think you just pick, you know, you just pick all these different ways. Um, and yeah, don't just stick to one thing because actually, I don't know about you, Ben, but I hear a lot from consultants saying, oh, you know, they don't have a phone or there isn't a work phone. You know, um, and people are harder to get through to. Now, my personal view on that is that that's not actually true. People have phones. Yeah. You know, they're just not work phones anymore. Um, so you can get hold of people. It's just, it's just different. It's just different. Um, yeah. But, you know, find out a mobile and bloody get it. <laughs> it is really funny, like, when... I look at some of the more successful consultants I've trained. It is they have they just want to succeed. They yeah. have that urge. So they often that that I know a consultant's got almost every core contractor in his marketplace in a WhatsApp conversation right now. And yeah. all he's doing is probably sending memes to him and all, all sorts of that. But he's always connected to him. And nowadays yeah. with WhatsApp, you've got someone on there, you, you start to have that conversation and create a two-way engagement then suddenly you can do a whatsapp call to them yeah yeah and actually you know i mean and this probably shows my age you know but i forget about whatsapp you know to me um obviously you know there wasn't a whatsapp 10 years ago so in my head i still have i have to remind myself actually that there are yeah you know you can message someone and they're not going to be offended. Whereas, you know, 15 years ago, if I had messaged a finance director at the home office, <laughs> well, I mean, they just wouldn't, it yeah. just wouldn't happen. You yeah. know, it just wouldn't happen. So I think you're right. I think those, those ways of communicating are, are, you know, new, or newer, um, but they're absolutely valid. And I mean, you know yourself, Ben, you, you know, the clients that will respond to that. You'll know, which clients maybe won't respond so well to that and you just pick and choose definitely definitely yeah. definitely i mean for you what what do you see is the commonalities of the most successful people that you've seen come through the industry over the last 15 years and i've really been thinking about this for you ben because i think it's such a great question i mean we'd probably be millionaires wouldn't we if we could <laughs> <laughs> if we could find a way to kind of i don't know monetize this but no i think there's two things for me. One, the first thing is attitude. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about you, but you know, you could be in a training room or you could be doing one-to-one coaching and you just know when someone's got that right attitude, don't you? You know, they're, they're keen to learn. They make mistakes. You know, they're not afraid to make mistakes. I'm not saying that they enjoy it, yeah. but they know they have to do it as part of that learning process. Um, so yeah, so I think for me that the attitude is, is a big thing. And as a trainer, that's not really something I don't think you and I can. (laughs) Not at all, unfortunately. You know, um, and I mean, you know, especially when people are new to the job, um, and you know, MDs are saying to me, oh, Ali, who do you think is going to make it? Oh, I hate that question. I hate that question. (laughs) But ultimately you can see, can't you? see the people that are loving it you can see the people that are taking it in you can see the people that just don't want to be there yeah um so i I think the attitude is really important i think 
perhaps something that we hear a lot about in in um, recruitment but resilience i yeah. think you know that be that that ability to come in after a really crap day and just do it all again you know and you've done it i've done it and you know we're not saying it's easy but you've got to find that haven't you within yourself to be like right today is going to be a better day you know um and and actually this is something that occurred to me yesterday um i think you've got to you've got to not worry about what other people are doing yeah um and i'm sure you see it with your high performers you know they're not really interested in what everyone else is doing um but they're very focused on what they want to achieve and for me the most you know the biggest billers if we're going to talk about success in monetary terms the biggest billers i think always have that attitude of i want to be better today than i was yesterday yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and it's 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 funny that it can almost be such a small thing, but that is the mindset of yeah. the top performers that I see. Yeah, the most. That how can I be better? What can I do more of? And yeah, someone said it to me actually on another podcast interview. Um, Tom, who I, I said uh, runs the first ever year or Europe's first ever recruitment agency for the cannabis market. The thing yeah. that he said that has really sort of solidified him is he just loves speaking to people in his marketplace. So the yeah. I want to do is speak to people within the, the cannabis marketplace all day long. Yeah. It doesn't matter how I speak to them. I want to be communicating with them through as many de- different means as possible. And I yeah. want to be sharing things with them that they find of value. Yeah. They said, if yeah. I do that on a consistent basis, they come to me for their recruitment needs. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's spot on Ben. And it's the giving of value that, you know, I think especially now recruiters need to be doing. Um, and that's not just making placements, is it? Yeah, you know, not. we've all got knowledge. Um, you know, if you're a niche recruiter in your market, you absolutely have knowledge. And if you're doing those things, like Tom was saying, and you're speaking to people, you know, you're adding to that knowledge. And that, you know, that is part a big part of your value, isn't it? Um, but yeah, you've just got to be very focused, I think, on what, what you're doing um, and not worry too much about what everyone else is up to. Exactly. Exactly. And now obviously you've worked through the recruitment industry in, in recession times before, and it's likely that we almost have to do things that we did similar to the sort of post-economic crisis of 2008. Now, what, what did you see people do then that helped them to not just survive, but flourish as time started to change? I think I mean thinking back because I actually came out of being a recruiter and went into training just as the crash was all happening but you know what the what that business did at the time what you know you hear a lot of talk about pivoting (laughs) um but you know that there was a lot of well actually you know what can we do? What markets are busy? You know, so much like now, you know, obviously you've still got, you know, we all still need to eat. Yes, yeah. yeah. So, so that whole supply chain um, to get food into into our supermarkets is still there. Um, and yeah, so I think it's sort of looking at, 
yeah, what can still be done? Um, do you just need to change markets? Um, but also, and this is something I've learned for myself, Ben, and I don't know if you found yourself in this situation, but it's, it's quite easy to panic and think, right, well, we can't do this anymore, mm. you know, or as a trainer, right, well, I, you know, I can't go in to an office and train now, what am I going to do, you know, but actually, I think we just need to slow down, I think, a bit yeah. in times like these um, and try not to let the panic set in because there are answers, um, but they're not always immediately obvious. Um, but I think all that communication piece, you know, even if I know we were talking earlier, weren't we, about, you know, furloughed consultants, yeah. um, but you can still, you know, you can still try and, and have conversations with people. Yes, you've got to be a bit careful, but um, you want to stay in, in you know, in, in people's memories um, because it will end, you know, yeah. will end at some point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it's the thing. It's it's weird for me looking at it because I I did bits of resourcing before the economic uh, collapse. Oh yeah. But then I graduated university in two thousand and nine. Yeah. And I went to every agency in the place that I was living, Leicester, and applied for a job. And most of them said, "You don't have any sales experience. You're not going to get a job in recruit." I literally just kept trying. Yeah. And then I learned how to recruit from two thousand and nine. That was my first ever desk. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there you go. That shows it can be done. Mm. You no, know, it can be done. Definitely, definitely. I mean, obviously, like, clients' expectations now are a bit different as well. Like, I remember back in the day being able to call a company and just say, no, uh, my name's Ben, I work for Quest Employment, I supply different uh, warehouses in your area with forklift drivers. Can I speak to who deals with your recruitment, please? Which, yeah. in 2009, wasn't a bad call. Yeah. That, nowadays, I would say it's very, very different. Like from your perspective, what do clients expect from recruiters these days? I think, oh, it's a big question. I think it does depend on the sector. Yeah. You know, and I think the way that clients use recruitment businesses does vary from mm. sector to sector, and therefore their expectations vary. Um, so. You know, I think you do have, there are, there are sectors, I think, where clients are open to, you know, an equal relationship. You know, it's a partnership, you're an advisor, uh, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but I do still hear in training that, you know, that isn't the case in every sector. Yeah, correct. Um, and that perhaps you know, there is maybe this slightly outmoded view that recruiters are just, you know, database searchers and, that, and that, that's all they do. So I think some consultants are fighting against that still a bit mm -hmm. and really having to show value, you know, and sell against, you know, this stereotypical view that, that people might have. But actually, I think after we come out of lockdown, especially, I think, you know, that's really a chance i think for our industry to kind of wake up you know to the value that we give yeah um but i think i guess my short answer is it it, it i think it varies yeah. i think it varies um and but you know as a as an individual you have to you know you've got to make sure you're showing your worth and you you educate you know you re-educate that client you know this is what i'm here to do 
Definitely, definitely. I think educating clients is, again, in some, I remember doing industrial recruitment. That yeah. was a marketplace where you had to educate people of the value massively because yeah. it, it, like, some of the margins that I dealt with were ridiculous to, to other marketplaces. Yeah. yeah. But then you could do well in terms of volume. What, what type of sort of more value-orientated calls are you seeing more successful mm -hmm. consultants doing these days in terms of like what they're speaking about with clients to be able to educate them? Um, I mean, in training, I always talk about, and we've talked a bit about this actually personally, but, uh, you know, as trainers, but what, what do you do as a recruiter? Yeah. You know, and if you look at that whole 360 process, you know, yes, on paper, that all looks very straightforward, but I think it's, it's, making sure that that client understands you know how much work goes into each of those areas and that ultimately we're dealing with people and people don't always behave in the way you know that we're expecting <laughs> but that's that's what keeps it interesting obviously yes. it did for me anyway Definitely. but i think keeps you on your toes um but i think yeah it's, it's educating on each of those process points, you know, what you're doing as a consultant to add value. And you are, you know, you are guiding that candidate through every stage, you're offering advice. Um, you know, there's so much, when, when I'm talking to consultants, I'm like, you know, if you look at each part of that process, and A, how long does it take you? You know, in hours, for example, yeah. how long does it take you to do those steps and how often are you talking to that candidate and how often are you talking to that client you know it's a lot of work yeah. it's a hell of a lot of work but i think consultants very easily forget that because the clients are saying well it's your job it's your job well look, yeah it is but that doesn't mean it's straightforward or an easy job yeah you no know? that's why people leave the industry because it isn't actually an easy job is it <laughs> it's, a, it's a simple <laughs> job but it's hard work it's hard work and each of those stages require a lot of hard work and ultimately if you've got all of, lots of those stages happening at, at once it's a lot to deal with and i genuinely think that's why quite often people do leave the job early yeah. because they can't you know they can't imagine being able to manage all these processes all at once Whereas we know that that does get easier, yeah. doesn't it, to, to a degree. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, you have to remind people the effort that, that you put in and that you don't get paid for it. Yeah. You know, you only get paid at the end. <laughs> it, it, it's funny looking at a uh, contingent model versus retained. Now, like, mm. I'm very open about it. I'm a contingent recruiter for and through because I, I learned that way. I'm like, huh, yeah. well, I've got the candidate pool. I'm probably going to make the placement anyway. Yeah. Well, as I said before to you, confidence and arrogance is something <laughs> I, I occasionally merge together. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but I think, like, what is your, is, is contingent, based on what you said, is it the best mm. type of model out there? What, what do you perceive about the model? No, I mean, I think, look, you know, I've, I've, I've done contingent, you know, I'm, yeah. I am a temp recruiter through and through. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about internal before we recorded. And, you know, when I did internal recruitment, it's, 
it's the same but different you know doing pern it's the same but different and you you have to still be doing the activity you know it's not l a lower level of activity because mm. it's pern if anything it, you have to do more yeah. um but i think you know what's the best model i i think that's i think that's quite a hard question to answer because i think it does depend on your sector um and obviously some sectors are you know they are more geared up towards that contingent model and i think uh, for some sectors that will always be the case you know yeah. um so i think they both have a place so i'm gonna sit very <laughs> on that bent <laughs> no no that's, uh, that's that's fair enough it is funny like because retained also is important for some sectors like with one, one of my clients they were doing a deal out in the middle east and i said to them make sure you charge some money up front before you go into that type of marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think there are so many sort of variants. It's why I love recruitment still. Yeah. And I think what you're saying in terms of sectors, it is so different. Mm. I think that's almost something I love about training is training across sectors, working with a niche engineering company, a niche IT company, and yeah. seeing the differences between yeah. what they have to do yeah absolutely and what works and I, i've got a client who do they do all you know all sorts of industries yeah. and having consultants in the room together you know someone does legal someone does pharma someone does it you know but it's really interesting to hear how you know how they're perceived um how they're able to work with clients um, I mean, legal, you know, a legal perm placement, you know, could take years. Yeah. I mean, literally years. I mean, I'd be, you know, oh, I haven't got the patience for that. But, uh, but you know, then the fees are massive. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'd like you, I find it really interesting to, you know, you'll get some, well, we can't do that. We can't say that, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th I think, I think it's good to, to, for consultants to hear about these different ways of working um because you might you might be able to just tweak something a little bit and it will get the result you want i think it's often the case isn't it as a good consultant what you want to do is look at those around you and say okay who, what's working for that person and is that something i could apply myself yeah like i'm the sum of my my first manager and her manager yeah, Pat, who is very much the relationship builder, then go and understand what someone likes and they'll probably buy from you. And Jim was, Ben, it's 9.30, you need to tell me exactly how many attempts that you got at this point of the day. Yeah. And yeah. how's that going to change later? So it's all about the numbers for him. He's like, Ben, go in that company's house, look at what that, that business is doing. Now, is that business going to be able to pay you? Yeah, yeah. And merging the two together, I think as a consultant, it's always, yeah, like for me, I found it worked looking at people around me. If you, if you was to give advice to someone who's just starting a brand new recruitment job now, yeah. what would it be? What would be your advice to support them to succeed? Oh, that's a good question. I think it would be have a go. Just have a go. No, I'm always, I, you know, I feel a bit like a broken record sometimes, but my old manager so like you i'm the sum of my my first manager plus a few directors um and she used to say to me she actually became my training manager when i moved into training so we worked together for a long time 
And when I started in recruitment, she said, Ali, you'll pick up the phone. You know, you're going to try and talk to some people. What's the worst thing that can happen? And is what she said to me. And I'm like, well, you know, they might be a bit rude. They might say no. And she was like, yeah. I mean, that's it. That is the worst that can happen. And the more you hear it, the less you care. And she was right. I stopped hear, caring pretty quickly. Um, so I think, yeah, I think just have a go because the worst thing that can happen is that someone is maybe a bit rude, um, you know, or they're going to say no to you or it's the combination of the two. <laughs> um, but that really is the worst thing and you'll get over it. So yeah, just, just have a go, you know, it, you're not going to make any big mistakes, you know, and I, and I think people worry about that. Oh, I'm going to say the wrong thing. And, you know, and again, my manager said, Ali, there is nothing you can say that we can't fix. Yeah. You know, and I've always remembered that. And I say that to, to, to people I'm training now, you know, there's nothing, you know, we're all intelligent people. <laughs> there's nothing you could say that, that would end in disaster. Yeah. Not really. No, definitely. Definitely. That's a really, really good point. Cause it is that thing, isn't it? The, the more calls or more people you speak to early on, the more yeah. you understand and yeah. the more you say, okay, if I keep doing that, it will, like, success is eventual. Success will happen. I yeah. think sometimes one of the problems of our industry is you look at job board advertisements for recruiters, you can earn £100,000 in your first year or things yeah. like that. Oh, do people still say that? Yeah. I, I think it's getting less now. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I still see it every now and then, or even like 50, 60K. Now, the reality is it's a career. Like I found it for myself. I earned a really good living from this industry. Yeah. yeah. Didn't happen in my first six months. <laughs> no. Maybe in the first six years. Yeah. yeah, no, I know. I think you're right, though. I, do, I think people are a bit more realistic yeah. um, about earnings. But I think as well, if you're in a good, if you're in a good business that, and it is uncapped, um and it's that whole yeah just you know you're racing against yourself then it's yeah it's all to play for isn't it yeah i know someone who started recruitment when they were 19 and they're 27 now and that they build uh 1.1 million pounds uh last yeah. year so yeah. obviously you can imagine if they're building that so some of their uh, they did it for some of my trainees and said, look, this is what you can earn. Yeah. This is what I have to give up to get to here. Yeah. Because the reason that he, he builds what he builds is because he's got that very much focused on, this is what I want to achieve. Yeah. And I bet he works bloody hard. Yeah, definitely. He tra travels around the world at a drop of a hat to see a client. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think there is still a bit of um, an assumption which maybe comes from the organisations themselves, maybe not, you know, but people think, yeah, you know, I'm going to make loads of money really quickly. Well, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not, are you? No. <laughs> um, it takes time. You've got to build up those relationships. People have got to get to know you. But actually, it, it will come. But it's not going to be instant. Uh, I think it's that thing. It's often giving someone a real, like, reality check. Like, one of the things I said to one of my trainees was, if you, you work hard and you do everything I tell you, then in a year, or a year and a half, two years' time, yeah. you can be earning 40 grand a year. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, that is, I think, very reasonable for, for most recruiters to aim for in, in their first sort of two to three years, it, depending, again, like your marketplace and where you're at. Yeah. It is then from like year three onwards that you can yeah. start to, to do well. And yeah. it's, it's going to be funny. We're going to be in a changing marketplace. So yeah. the next six months are going to be really hard for a lot of people. Yeah. The following yeah. couple of years could be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think, again, like we were saying before, if you can, you know, if you can keep at it, and even though there might be, yeah, the, the next six months might be pretty difficult, but, it, you know, people will start hiring, hiring again and things will pick up. So you just need to position yourself, don't you, so that you're there for when that happens. Um, yeah, and just get up every morning and think, right, let's try again, try again. Definitely. And I think that's what happens in harder times, isn't it? You almost, where you've yeah. gone through recessions before, you think, okay, I know it's going to be hard work, but if I do the right things now, it'll pay off later on. Absolutely. I used to, one of my big clients was NHS. Though yeah. so I had a lot of hospitals um, and trusts in Surrey. And, you know, there, there was a time when there was, as happens in public sector, you know, there was a recruitment freeze you know, there was just, nobody was spending any money and it was so hard, you know, and that went on for, yeah, I think it maybe was nearly six months, four, four, four to six months. And, you know, the whole team, we'd be sitting there going, oh my God, this is just horrific, you know. Um, but then it changed and all the freezes, you know, came off and, you know, it was one of the, the busiest and most successful, you know, years we had. Yeah. But in the run up to that, oh, my God, it was it was really hard. Yeah. Really hard. It was funny. I think 2010 was one of my best ever financial years. Yeah. Up until recently. And I think it is because there was that shift and suddenly as certain companies were emerging out of the recession, they just wanted to hire and I got really lucky and spoke to a company that was small and had loads of cash and basically just acquired all of Woolworths' old stock and created Pound Stretcher. Yeah. And I think it was just one of those things. I got, yeah. I got lucky, but I, I knew that, ah, oh, there's a big warehouse there and that warehouse is getting bigger, like busier and busier every time I drive past it. Who yeah. owns that warehouse? Who's yeah. in there? Yeah. <laughs> I think it is as a, a recruiter, it's always looking for those opportunities. Yes. Yes. And just like you were, Ben, you know, being curious, stuff isn't just going to be given to you. <laughs> you know, you've got to be curious. You've got to be thinking, like, why are they doing that? Why are they advertising this? And yeah, and just putting all those pieces of the jigsaw together um, and chasing, you know, following stuff up, okay. getting on the phone and going, right tell me what's happening but you're absolutely right I think that's that's a that is a skill I think and you've got to be interested in the world around you yeah. um haven't you you know that's and and sort of see you know see the possibilities and things and be curious because exactly. the business you work for isn't just going to go oh here's this brand new client for you you know um yeah so no I love that Definitely, definitely. It is, I think, one thing that I've noticed for the people that have been in the recruitment through different hard times is yeah. they know what's coming, where I never had something given to me. It's like, oh, I can go and win stuff again. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, and I see that a lot, actually, where people are in, in 
you know, very good, established, successful businesses, you know, they don't have to be on the phone six hours a day. Yeah. And actually, I think, yeah, I, I think there's an element of, there's a slight, I can't think of the right word, but there's, 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 there's not a connect in terms of, well, we do this activity, which leads to this because they're own, they can only see the end part. Yeah. Oh, we've got all these great clients. You know, they've not really seen how their colleagues who've been doing it longer got there. Yeah. And look, and that's tough. You know, how, yeah. how do you show someone the years of work, you know, that have happened before? But I, I yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a funny thing you say that. Like, I worked 80, 90 hours a week when I started out. I, yeah. ain't, I ain't doing those hours now, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like having weekends off. I was going to say, and having some sleep, maybe. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. I, I do remember it. I remember once a company came on and said, um, we're doing a night shift and we've never ran one before. And I said, I'll be there for you. Yeah. Ultimately... I made a lot of bonus from that that, that contract. Well, and and yeah, and that's the thing because you knew it was worth it. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we've both done our 12 hour, you know, 14 hour days. I mean, yeah, I I don't do that now. No. Um, but certainly when I was a consultant, yeah, you know, you were in at half seven, you left at seven, you know, sometimes later. Um, and and that's what built up your great book of of business, you yeah. know. Um, but I guess someone coming into a business now, um, you know, and I have a lot of discussions with, with MDs and owners about this, you know, how, how do you get someone joining a business like that to still put in the same work? And I always say to people, look, you're sat, you're sat with a load of people that have done exactly the hard work that you're doing now. But what you're now seeing is the results of it. You know, they're working in a different way because they've been doing it for longer. But I promise you, they have all done what you're now doing. Yeah. You know. And I think it's that thing, isn't it? That reality check, recruitment is hard work, but that hard work can pay off. Yeah, absolutely. And so rewarding. Yeah. But it's not just going to be handed to you. And I think the the irony is the most rewarding thing that I got wasn't the money. Yeah. It yeah. was understanding how business works. And that's why I really love the industry is because you can yeah. find out so much about so many different things that aren't talked about on the internet. Like yeah. a candidate told me what a certain IT system was inside out. It, yeah. I wouldn't find that information on Wikipedia. Anywhere else. Yeah. And I think, yeah, for me, it was just talking to all these different types of people, <laughs> you know, which even now, you know, I get to do and, that, and that's what I love. And it's people you wouldn't have met you know in in normal life um so yeah lots of lots of good stuff definitely ali well look thank you so much for this podcast for everyone that's listening make sure you check out ali braid on linkedin and follow her because she's always got useful content coming out and ali it's been a wonderful experience so i look forward to speaking to you soon thanks so much ben really enjoyed it thank you i'll speak to you soon thanks and you Bye.